Welcome to the Journey to Training, a series from Soccer Coach Weekly. In it, we share advice, ideas, inspiration, and opportunities to reflect for coaches as they head to their next training session, or as they head anywhere, really. Ultimately, we want to help you become a better coach and solve some of your coaching problems. Wherever and whenever you listen, we hope to do just that. John Allpress is ex-assistant head of academy player and coach development at Tottenham Hotspur and a former national coach at the English FA. He has decades of coaching experience and a keen interest in how players learn and take on information. Here, he shares his knowledge on how youngsters learn and how we as coaches can use that information to help them get better. We are not defined by our experiences, rather what we learn from them. The brain cannot see the future. It works from experience and memory in a world where nothing ever happens in exactly the same way more than once, but many very similar things happen a lot. Driving to and from work is a good example of this. The route and what occurs every day are very similar, but will never be exactly the same. There could be more traffic one day, different weather conditions, or works taking place that cause a diversion. Drivers are required to use their experience to negotiate the way safely. The more they drive the route, the more experienced they become, and the better their decisions along the way are likely to be. What is learning? Learning is what you do when you don't know what to do. It is adding things to what you already know and are able to do so you can accomplish more. It is replacing old knowledge with new so you can do things in a better, more effective or efficient way. The learning process will often involve making mistakes, getting things wrong and even looking a bit silly while trying to figure things out. It involves highs when you finally get something right but will also require struggling, feeling uncomfortable and being out of your comfort zone. Learners must be brave to cope with success and failure, want to learn, be prepared to have a go, even when they aren't sure, and take a risk and a chance on the outcome. They must then be ready to bounce back and go again if things don't turn out the way they wanted or expected them to. Learning is about trial and error, then trial and success. It is also about reflecting, reviewing and ruminating on what went well, what could be better and what needs to change. The four stages of learning. Unconsciously incompetent. An individual does not know they cannot do something as they have no knowledge of its existence. For example, A Roman soldier doesn't know they cannot drive a car as they have never seen one. Consciously incompetent. An individual knows something exists and knows they cannot do it. For example, someone knows a car exists, but they have never taken any lessons and know they cannot drive it. Consciously competent. An individual can do something, but has to think about it while doing so. For example, someone can drive a car, but has to think about what they are doing as the car is moving. 
unconsciously competent. An individual can do something without having to think about how to do it. For example, someone can drive a car without thinking. The skills have become automated and the driver can fully concentrate on decisions that have to be made. Once they can kick a ball and run around, most players spend their time moving between the consciously competent and unconsciously competent stages of learning as they learn new things and practice more. After reflecting and reviewing, players will commit the new knowledge and new ways of doing things to memory, make modifications to their behaviour or how they go about things, make the links with what they already know and can do more permanent. Now, players' decisions can be more informed, they can do more and be more effective, efficient and reliable. They will have better prediction skills as to what is likely to happen as they see situations begin to unfold. They become more experienced at dealing with what could develop. What to do with what you learn. Once people know what to do, they are in the consciously competent or unconsciously competent stages and other motivations can take over. Are they happy to simply be able to do something? Or do they want to be the best they can be? Once someone can ride a bike, for example, they may simply be happy that they have got an efficient way of getting from A to B. Or they may have aspirations of being a professional cyclist or an Olympic champion. If it's the former, they can be safe in the knowledge that they will never forget how to ride a bike. They can jump on it once a week and ride to the shops with confidence. If it is the latter, however, they must practice a lot in a focused, deliberate way so that they can make the required modifications to their skill set and tactical know-how and keep improving. What is practice? Practice is what you do when you do know what to do and want to get better. If you don't know what to do, you can't practice. Think of chess, drawing, maths, bricklaying, riding a horse, driving a car, riding a bike, any sport or game. In fact, anything at all. Everything requires you to learn before you can practice. Practice will improve things fast, as long as it is focused and deliberate. This is where the teacher or coach and their knowledge comes into the equation. Practice makes permanent. The best teachers and coaches, and they are effectively the same thing, take time to get to know their pupils or players and what they need to do to get better. What is good coaching? Good coaches have the following attributes. A deep knowledge of their subject. An understanding of how learning and practice work together and complement each other. The knowledge that learning and practice work simultaneously on three levels. People are learning how to do things, practicing how to use things, and developing the habits of mind necessary to keep going. An understanding of how to incorporate learning and practice into their work with players. They promote good habits by role modeling behaviors that encourage progress over perfection. The knowledge that a positive environment is crucial if effective learning and practice is to take place. 
This involves patience, tolerance, understanding, and having the players' backs 100% as they navigate their journey of exploration and discovery. Personalising the learning and practice as much as possible. Youngsters like it when they think it's about them. So if the coach can challenge individuals effectively in training and match play, this will help information become more deliberate and focused on a player's needs. Have a variety of intervention strategies at their disposal, including asking the right questions in an open-ended fashion, giving instruction, offering demonstration, presenting challenges, conditions and constraints, all of which cultivate learning and make practice focused and deliberate. Good coaching in action, the whole part whole method. The younger or less experienced players are, the more links and associations they need to establish to build experience and make progress. To this end, a teaching method known as whole part whole, or play practice play, can be helpful. Part 1. Whole. This method involves starting training by playing a focus game, where the players begin to make sense of where something fits in the game. Let's say the focus of the session is receiving and turning. Within the game, the challenge for the group could involve players letting the ball run across their body and playing forward as a first action. In this way, the players will start to understand where receiving and turning fits in the game and they will begin to make links as to where it should and should not be attempted, where it works and where it doesn't. The challenge will also help to focus the coach on the players' endeavours, struggles and successes and open the doorway for help if necessary. Part 2. Part The coach can then break the work down into a part practice that is more deliberate, focused on turning with no touch, one touch or multiple touches, for example. In the part practice, the players get more opportunities to practice the techniques of turning. Because they have played beforehand, the players can recognise the relevance of the work. They know where and how the different types of turn may help them in the game. This allows for more effective transfer back into game situations. Part 3. Whole Finally, the players play another game and revisit the original challenge or modify it if the players are ready for things to be individualised or stepped up a level. Using the whole part whole method not only helps players develop their technical prowess, but also aids them to become more skillful in the long run. They are learning and practising not just how to do something, but when to attempt to do it in the game itself. The truth about coaching is that it is complicated and a bit random. It depends in large part on the players' needs, their proficiency, the size and mood of the group, the culture of the club, the personality of the coach and, most importantly, the aim of the work. How you coach depends on who you are teaching and what you are teaching them for. One size fits no one. Understanding how players learn and some of the concepts behind learning and practice can go a long way to supporting coaches to do the best by their players. Explore this piece in written form and find far more content, including more advice, 
practice plans and interviews by heading to soccercoachweekly.net. If you want to hear more from John on this topic, sign up for his webinar on October 25th. The link is in the show notes. Thanks for listening. We hope it's given you some food for thought. Have a great training session.